Welcome to Pandemic Poetry. My name is Silvia Canton Rononi and I'm your host at ANU's Woroni radio station. This week we have a spoken word performance by poet Megan Riddle of the poem Not Pockets. This poem appeared in the literary journal Baby Teeth in August 2019. After a chat about the poem, we will talk to Megan about her experience submitting and receiving a grant for her review. Our reading this week is No Pockets by poet Megan J. Riddle. Content warning, please note the following poem may contain references to sexual assault and violence against women. We never switch off. And is it any wonder we've got so many balls in the air? No pockets, see? But we can't surreptitiously fondle the hours like you do on the train or at work, in a queue, on the couch, uh, the cricket, in a lift. We too manipulate constantly to avoid dropping the ball because that shit'll get you killed, man. We keep juggling until the terror is back in the back of our minds. We keep cool. We keep our hands where you can see them. We keep our shirts on. We keep cracking our perfect non-committal smile like the dropped eggs, thick yolk, reminiscent of the blood that stained the grouting that one time, but he didn't mean it. We're on our hands and knees, scrubbing to ensure we don't end up on the evening news. We run surveillance. We run to the other side of the street. We run a constant stream of what will I do if he does that? We've run home, balls to the wall like harpies, our secret safe places drawn upon by sharpies, yours truly, dick and balls, your genitalia emblazoned across the paper and the paper-thin walls. You turkey slap us on the train at work in a queue, on the couch, at the cricket, in a lift, and you can't understand why we keep walking home with our keys through our fists like some kind of budget wolverine. Well, it's simple. No pockets. Thank you for joining Pandemic Poetry and Woroni Radio, Megan. Thanks for having me, Sylvia. We never had a spoken poetry in our show before. Could you tell us how this poem came together? Yeah, for sure. Um, this poem came to me. It was one of those things that it was just like almost fully formed. It just flowed out of me. Um, yeah, around the time that Eurydice Dixon was murdered in Melbourne in 2019. Um, and I just wanted to write something reflecting the kind of danger that women feel like we live in all the time. Um, everywhere we go, you know, when we're never safe and we never switch off. And so, um, yeah, writing it was just kind of one of those flow states where it was just kind of all there and it came out in a bit of like torrent of anger and rage um, and just the repetition and stuff was something that I latched onto. How, like, may, may I ask, I mean, I don't want to pry, but but I do. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we're here, <laughs> pry away. Um, I would love to know what is it like, because I, I write poetry myself, like, you know, and the poets we have had on the show write poetry themselves, but more from a, like, a writing perspective, like, you know, even Kirsten on the last show was commenting that she, her main writing is fiction, so for her, writing poetry is almost getting out of her comfort zone. What is it like writing a spoken word poetry, like, 
is it you know what I mean could you yeah I know what you mean um sometimes it's the same as writing poetry on a page I'll sit at my computer and I'll type away and I'll rearrange lines and do all that kind of thing um and other times it will be like a composition in my head I'll be thinking about the lines I'll be even saying them out loud like in the shower in the car or wherever um and you're just kind of thinking about the sound of things and rhymes and the way that the words come together and then I'll have to either record it like on my phone or quickly go and write it down somewhere so it doesn't you know waft away into the <laughs> into the ether but um sometimes you have like a, a particular refrain that just kind of starts buzzing around your head like a little bit like you know you get a song stuck in your head but it's only the one line that you know yeah. um and so you'll get you know a couple of lines that just kind of form together and yeah sometimes I let them just percolate in there for a while and then I'll <laughs> come back and um write something out later yeah that makes that makes a lot of sense. Doesn't seem that different, really. Um, but then, of course, you get to the the point where you actually have to perform it in front of a public, and that's where everything changes. Well, as you know, last week we spoke to one of your local poets, Kirsty Matermot, about her poem Eurydice, a triptych, which is like also inspired by the same event, subject matter, and both your pieces were performed at the same spoken word event, Words Aloud, in Ballarat. What was that like? Yeah, that was um, that was interesting night. Um, a lot of people came with content around that stuff um, because it was in the news, it was everywhere. And I think particularly the women in the room um, were really feeling it. And as you know, as a poet, as a writer, writing is one of the ways that you can work through your emotions um, and through events that happen. So I think it was pretty common <laughs> for people to turn up with um, to, with new work on the same things. So um, yeah, but I performed the first version of No Pockets on that night, like in when it, wherever it was July or something, um, 2019. And um, I tweaked it a little bit after that, I think. Usually, you, you know, when you perform something or you read it out loud, can you be working on it and you think, oh, that didn't quite work or, you know, maybe I'll switch those around. And so I, I did a bit of tweaking, but not much, like it was mm-hmm. negligible. Um, yeah, and then that was sort of the only real test I did of the poem before launching it into the world. <laughs> um, I understand this poem won the second place in the 2019 Australian Poetry Slam hit in Geelong. Yeah, I took it to Geelong um, for the APS Slam and that was the first time I ever competed in a slam. Um, and it, it was really good. People loved it and I, um, I came second. So I got to go on to the state final, which was awesome. Um, yeah, in um, and that was at State Library in Victoria. So that was pretty cool. What was that like? I'd love to hear more about it. Um, nerve wracking. <laughs> it was really nerve wracking. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, slam, slam is its own beast. It's kind of a unique type of thing in the poetry world. Like, um, you've got a time limit. You've got people judging you and giving you a score. Um. So you know, you have to kind of go into it with a bit of an open mind about you know, it's not. It's not like a literary um, analysis of your work. <laughs> it's five random people from the audience who give you a score out of 10 and it's really all about feel and about impression and, you know, if your work is speaking to them on that particular night, you'll go well. If not, you know, you won't. So it's kind of quite arbitrary in that way. Um, but it's fun, you know, it's really fun. And to get up and just try to do the 
best, most like intense, powerful performance you can do of your work um, and then listen to 10, 15 other poets doing the same on the one night. It's, yeah, pretty, pretty spectacular. So you were a state finalist for 2019 and also 2020, is that right? Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, 2020, um, all the Victorian heats and everything were all online. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, via Zoom. So that's like we're doing now. Um, it's just the way of the world. So yeah, I got to um I actually ended up going to two different heats because I really wanted to, I really wanted to get through. Um, and so I yeah, I did two different heats and I got through one of them and then yeah, the state final um got to perform again there, which is really cool. That's really awesome. In 2020, you were also commissioned to write and perform spoken word for COVID response projects with the city of Ballarat. And you had yeah. performance and things. I mean, is it is was this like a, you had a whole tour planned out for a year or something? Or no, not at all. No, not at all. Um, I I do gigs here and there. I'll do like a spoken word feature um, at poetry gigs, um, open mic night type of thing where they have a featured poet. Um, so I've got to do a few of those. But yeah, the council, local council, just approached me to do um, some spoken word poetry stuff. They had money to put into COVID response or creative responses to COVID um, in 2020. And so they just said, here, have some money to write a poem and perform it. I said, yes, please. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, particularly because so many gigs have been cancelled and, you know, work work and things that get cancelled. So it was, it was kind of like a very nice upside um, <laughs> to be able to get some paid work out of it. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, and I got to work with a filmmaker. So um, the filmmaker and I talked about different sort of imagery, um, different themes that we wanted to talk about. Mm -hmm. And um, cool. the yeah, she had like footage that she already had existing in her collection. Um, and then I wrote a poem and we sort of went back and forth um, to work out how the poem and the film were going to go together. Mm-hmm. That's great. I'll be um, talking um, with Megan some more later about what that process was like yeah no I always wanted to try a spoken word but I find every time I'm standing on the stage and I read something it's just like all the self-awareness and confidence I have evaporates and I'm like just just a shake and leave yeah <laughs> yeah it is nerve-wracking like it really is I still get nervous every time um I think that's natural like any performer any actor will know that you still get a little bit nervous because it means you care, it means you want to do a good performance. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, so that's important. But um, I think the, one of the things that I've found really help is just do more, do more of it. <laughs> keep turning up, keep reading, keep fumbling over your words, keep mm. being nervous, um, and eventually, you know, it starts to feel a little bit less frightening. But that being said, you know, you're it's poetry, so you're sharing something of yourself, you're sharing some you know, in a, of your inner world mm. and you're standing up there and, you know, bearing your soul to <laughs> rooms full of possibly strangers. Um, yeah, you know, so that doesn't even begin to explain it, does it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. It, and it takes a lot of courage to get up and perform. But I think that's the thing I've found with spoken word communities um, is they're so welcoming and everyone in the room understands the mm. courage that it takes to get up. And so, you know, you turn up, and you might turn up for three or four weeks without getting up to speak. And you're there with your poem in your pocket and you're like, I don't want to, oh, no, not tonight. 
but 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 when you get up people are like yes it's happening yes and there's a lot of like real joy and celebration in that so you know when I turn up to spoken word things I've never been to before you just know that the community is so welcoming and because everybody gets it everybody gets how to you know how much courage that takes yeah absolutely I just oh my god I can't even fathom all that building of tension over a week <laughs> like oh my god I'll be going yeah the oh. worst thing is when you're like in a slam or something and you don't know the lineup like often they have like a it's like a random draw to um who performs so you're sitting there the whole night like is it me is it gonna be me next no it's not oh. and it's oh. just like this like terrifying oh. thing because you don't know when you're gonna be on um yeah, and so you can't enjoy the other people's poems until you're like you've had your go. <laughs> yeah. That's not not cool slam poetry, but yeah, it's That's part of the absolutely part of the jam. Yeah, no, I mean it's 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 crazy because it makes me want to do it even more. So in a way, which <laughs> is like just upside down. Yeah, well, oh. there's heaps of like online poetry slams and stuff at the moment. If people are still in lockdown, like you know, start searching on Facebook of Wentz or whatever. And like I went to one last year, I went to one in Wollongong and, you know, you're going to ones in New Zealand. Like it's it's quite cool that yeah. you can, hmm, um, you know, travel the world by your computer and poetry. I really would like to know uh, on from the, like, you know, being the spoken word and everything else, how do you find your style? Like, can you give us any any tips? And I mean, you might not, I mean, I don't know what stage of your career you are. I, I look into your work. I love your work and this is why you're here, but I really not, don't have a sense of where, where are you at the moment and how you got to where you are. Um, I would love to hear more about it if you would like to share. Yeah, of course. Um, I started doing spoken word four years ago was the first time I got up um, at my local open mic night and read some poems, but I've um, been in the theatre for a long time. I did drama at uni and at school. Um, I was a drama teacher back in the day. <laughs> so um, kind of never wanting to be an actor necessarily, but I direct theatre and I write plays as well. And so that kind of performative element is something I'm very familiar with. And so I think that's one of the biggest influences on my style is that I come from a theatre background and so um, merging, you know, reading my own poem as myself, I'm not, I'm not a character, um, but merging that kind of theatrical style, um, the way that you think about the tension of the poem or the, um, you know, the cadence of your voice and using speed, um, changes of speed, changes of volume, all that kind of thing. Mm. I definitely think about crafting um, the performance of the poem in that way. Like it, it is a performance for me. It's not just like I'm going to read my work out, um, out loud. Um, so, yeah, for me, it's very much a theatrical kind of mindset when I think about how am I going to read this piece. Um, and you'll see, see if you start looking at gigs I've been to or recordings where I do the same poem I've done other times, you'll notice that it's very similar every time mm -hmm. because I'll find what I think is the best way to perform that piece and that will be kind of like how it goes. And so when you pull that poem out again, you, you do it in the same way. Um, yeah, so I guess that's kind of where a lot of my style comes from, for sure. That's that's very interesting. And that's something I've actually been looking into myself. It's just like I had to get, to get over like 
the whole like you know having an accent and things like that and I'm doing that by being here and hosting this wonderful show <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah and that's the thing you can't you know you don't change your voice or anything like that you know I try pretty hard not to kind of put on a character or anything like that but it is a heightened yeah. you know I always think of it it's a heightened style of language you know you're not just having a chat with someone um or you're not just like reading out of a out of a book um that you haven't p- practiced before or anything like that so it is something that you you know I I will practice over and over um if not mm-hmm. memorize the poem usually not memorizing it anymore but sometimes I will um but and yeah so so you sort of get into a rhythm um and you're thinking about all those elements that make it really engaging and eventually just comes out every time you perform it it just comes out exactly the the same way that you have pretty much yeah like that no pockets one if um people listen to the podcast and then go like and watch the video you'll see that it's it's pretty similar that's that's really really interesting well thank you for sharing all of that we're just going to leave it here for now and we'll jump into our next segment in a minute in the second segment of pandemic poetry we will focus on the process megan went through to submit and receive a grant for her spoken word poem no pockets and what the experience was like yeah so i um I went for a grant with a local philanthropic group called Ballarat Arts Foundation and they have grants for emerging artists of all kinds Um, once a year. They have grants open and you can apply to have uh, a project funded. So Mm -hmm. I did that and I got it, which was really cool. Um, Yeah, the process involved basically submitting an application which had like you had to put your bio and where you're up to with your um, arts practice and what that looks like, um, what the project is and what you want to do with it. And then what, how this grant was going to help you build your career. So I was able to talk about, you know, doing lots of spoken word and theater things. Um, and then being able to make a video of my poem. So I talked about how, you know, um, it's a bit like a film clip for a, for a song, you know, you have a video clip for your poem um, and with social media the way it is and just kind of having that out there in the world as a showcase of what my work looks like. Um, not everybody can come to an open mic night and hear me perform, but with the beauty and magic of the internet, you know, mm-hmm. having a video out there means anyone from across the world can find and appreciate my work. So that was the rationale behind Uh, making a video I also really love making videos like I've done some (laughs) of my own just on my little like iPhone chunky little things um but they're not that chunky they're you know they're they're pretty good to be honest um one I made for a poem called circuit work actually was fine a finalist for a Queensland poetry uh, film and video competition so that was quite quite cool um but yeah I really wanted to work with like a professional videographer and learn from them as well and just kind of um see how they went about the process of like how do you get all the elements of the footage that you want how do you design what you want to have in the poem um yeah so that was sort of what I wanted to do with the project Mm. can you tell us about this project that you just mentioned the one um... yeah absolutely yeah circuit work um it was a poem that I wrote uh in 2020 as part of like a pandemic poem series that I'm still doing. I started in March in 2020. I was just like, I'm going to write a poem a day while the pandemic's on. Obviously I didn't realize it would go for 18 months. Um, I haven't written a poem a day. (laughs) I've written a lot. I've written like, I think I'm up to 56 now. Um, 
wow. pandemic poems. So poems just about the pandemic, about about lockdown. Um, yeah, just kind of little, some of them quite short, like haiku type things and others are longer spoken word pieces. Um, I put them all on my website and most of them are on my Instagram as well. And I just, that was just a way of me coping pretty much through the lockdowns and pandemics. Um, yeah, so circuit work was one of those. It's a poem about walking around same street every day when you do exercise and just how like the thoughts in your head are kind of mirroring that. And it's just Mm -hmm. like, everything's just kind of like going around in circles. Um, so what I did with that one was I actually, um, participated in this cool little local project called random collab. Um, and it just put two random artists together. So I got paired with, um, another artist who wanted to make like a, um, stop motion video mm-hmm. so I did some um audio stuff with the poem put some like raindrops and um kind of sound effects in the background and then uh Louise did a video so that was the first kind of thing I did with circuit work and then I wanted to make my own video of it so I took my iPhone with me when I went walking and I took a whole heap of footage of just like my feet and <laughs> the street and you know from different angles of yeah. you know my masked face and walking through the through the street and um just kind of edit it together had some cool music and sound effects and stuff um and then yeah put it in this competition so that was pretty cool and <laughs> I got selected to be a finalist um That's for the great. Queensland Poetry Festival I think it was yeah they had like a film video competition Wow, that's fantastic. Um, have you considered, like uh, you mentioned that you put your 56 up to date right now, 56 yeah. um, poems from the pandemic that you started in 2020 in your website. Um, have you considered like make, making a book out of it maybe? Yeah, I have. Um, it's something that I will probably do uh, at some point. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's not kind of finished yet though. Fair enough. <laughs> so um, I don't know how long it's going to go for. It might be another six months or so mm. um but yeah it's publishing at least some of them maybe not all of them are, are good to be let's be fair um <laughs> some of them are just like I need to write a poem today and crank it out and it just it, it exists um so yeah I would probably be a bit more selective um to put them in a collection yeah. yeah, I mean, who who are we supposed to judge our own poetry, really? Well, this is true. Yeah, that's true. Isn't that interesting? Um, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I suppose if I was going to publish them for prosperity, I would probably, mm. you know, heavily edit some of them. But that kind of wasn't ever the point. The point was that there was like a cathartic sort of exercise. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, I've had lots of nice feedback on on a lot of them, and some of them have been published other places as well. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of are published in an anthology called. I think it's called Lockdown. Um, it's Melbourne Writers Group. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, you know, some of them have served me quite well. That's actually um, quite funny because when I started writing poetry, it was like everybody complains about 2020 being a horrible year. And I, I totally feel for everybody that like went through the worst during the COVID and like being exploding in our faces, basically. But personally, for me, 2019 was the one that was really shocking. <laughs> okay, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually, in terms of poetry mm-hmm. and my, you know, creative mm-hmm. practice, 
2020 and 2021 have been really good years (laughs) because I've been able to actually have, yeah, you know, you have nothing else going on. So you've suddenly, it's just like the only thing I can do is write and put it out there and be on my social media and, you know, all of that. So I've, and getting paid commissions and things Mm. have come up that never would have happened before. And uh, without the lockdown and without COVID. So yeah. I'm, you know, I'm kind of grateful in a way. Obviously it's shit and I don't love being you know, out of work and locked in my house with my two children, but, you know, <laughs> there's upsides, there's silver linings. <laughs> oh, no, certainly. And, um, I mean, uh, what I was saying, and I always, when I mentioned this, I always make a point of saying I'm not disregarding all people's experiences. 2020 of course. is really bad for everyone. 2020, funny enough, was my mental health year, was my plan for a long time because of 2019 to take that year off. So I never intended to do anything useful in 2020, regardless. So oh, it's just like the timing. Serendipitous, isn't it? You know? um, and the other serendipitous yeah. thing as well was that in 2019, I had um, one of the publishers I have been working with as a writer, because I, I used to write fiction before, like, you know, I was mentioning last week, I'm, I was part of uh, Kirsten's um, I'm, I'm still part of the community. I'm just not writing fiction anymore <laughs> like I used yeah. to. I'm still yeah, I think it's more for change, don't they? Yeah, exactly. And uh, basically, I had a, a publisher approach me and, and tell me, oh, I'd love to know what you're working on. And I'm like, you've been waiting for this moment your whole life. And suddenly you have it there and you're like, something just really, like, I lost a really, really close friend in 2019. And, and he was really young and, and a creative as well, an artist. And his loss was like was like a ripple wave that make everything else just crumble in a way that I, yes. I did not even I, I could not even like at the time it took me a long time to process it and to comprehend how the hell everything else went to hell because of that like that just yeah that sounds you know, tough yeah it was it was not <laughs> it was not nice but and I haven't wrote a poetry like I always love poetry but I if English is my third language so I read poetry mostly in Spanish I barely like with the exception of maybe um, Shakespeare's poem, 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 sonnet, sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and a couple of very famous English poems. I don't think I have a lot of English poetry read in, into me. It's more like, you know, Neruda and like all of the, all of the Spanish poems. Yeah, that's so interesting. Yeah. So I've got to admit, I don't read as much poetry as I probably should. Really? <laughs> um, yeah, you know, it's that sort of like mm, time it's a bit like thing. that. Like, yeah. so do I, I choose? Do I write or do mm, I read? <laughs> yeah, well, it's but one fits the other in a way. Yeah, they complement each other. Yeah, when I started writing poetry again in 2019, I was writing for the first time in English, which I haven't done before. And when that publisher approached me, I had a few poems at my sleeve, which were like earliest drafts possible. And this is coming from someone writing in a third language, which I like to think I'm I'm quite alright at, but like yeah, that's so interesting like, how that process would work. Yeah, you, you should need to interview yourself, Sylvia, about oh, no, no. <laughs> writing in a third language. <laughs> just I think talking uh, with you and, and hearing you talking about this, you know, just makes me think of my experience and about like all of that, like especially anger, because when you are grieving, that's the first feeling, the emotion you go through. And oh yeah, no pockets is an angry poem. That's exactly. Um, I, they're not all like that, but yeah. I, I find that those strong emotions make for good poems. Mm, absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's exactly the reason I, I picked your poem because it resonated so much with my experience yeah. back then. And all that, I just need to get rid of all of that anger and all of that, like, almost poisonous stuff that was just, like, oh, my God, it was just, like, destroying everything else. Yeah, and that's the thing that I love about mm. poetry is that it is 
it's so open and amorphous that you can use it how you want to you know you can use it as catharsis and write in your little journal and never no one's ever going to read it or you can you know put it out there as a performance and people go oh that's exactly how I felt at that thing or it reminds them of of some other time in their life and they get to see those feelings reflected and and validate and they relate to it and it resonates and I didn't at first, I didn't understand that. And then when I got asked this, I was just writing them for the pure catharsis of it, for nothing else. I had not even a, a, a shrink in my mind of sending that to publishing ever. Yes. And when this publisher approached me, I said, well, I'm not writing fiction, but if you want to see some silly poetry. And he actually took me on, you know? And I'm like, what? Yeah, this? and that's, isn't it interesting? Like, I think people often have a question like, oh, how do you how do you get into it? Or how do you win competitions? Or how do you succeed? And I'm like, you just keep showing up, you know? you keep turning up like you turn up to your local open mic night you go online and you join mm. other um you know other opportunities and you just keep saying yes and you yeah. keep turning up and eventually people are like hey you're good and we'll we want to publish you or hey we really love your stuff and we want to put you here and um if you don't turn up you don't people yeah, don't know exactly what you have to offer yeah I could have just disregarded that email like I disregarded a lot of those emails like uh, that I had at the time in 2019 about commissions for stories I had a commission for a story right when it happened that I had to drop because yes. I was I couldn't I just physically couldn't get a word out of me fiction wise and I had to actually contact the editors and say I'm really sorry but it's not going to happen and I was really annoyed because I was one of the first like actually pay gigs for fiction writing that I had and I had yeah. to drop it and I knew that will just make everything else just like it, it, it won't build up the way it was building up yeah yeah that's a worry I mean mm. you know I I used to have that that same mindset of like you have to say yes to everything because mm. maybe that will be the last time anyone offers you something and it's just it's demonstrably false like it just that's yeah. not it's that's not how the world works um you so, know you can say no to to five things and the sixth thing you can say yes to yeah yeah and um the moment I I dropped that this other thing came my way and it's like they say like you know you close the door and a a window opens like exactly yeah that's so true and um and I think if you're more careful about you know honoring your actual capacity to do the thing that you say you're going to do like I would get into situations where I would be saying yes to lots of things and then going I can only do a half good job at all these things because mm. I said yes to too many whereas now I'm like okay I'm gonna say yes to one thing at a time and be really amazing at that one thing and then move on to the next thing um, yeah and you know I'm getting better I'm I'm not perfect <laughs> at that still I still say yes to too many things but oh um, I'm, I'm you know I'm it's you. it's a balance between like wanting to show up and wanting to or you know take the opportunities that come your way and also balancing your self-care so yeah that's the that's the dilemma absolutely well it has been absolute pleasure talking to you about all of this and oh my god I just I feel like I I learned so much I can't wait to get more spoken poetry poets on just to get all this different information compared to yeah for sure oh that was and I can't wait to see you at some of the online gigs and sharing your work even if it's in Spanish we love it we want to hear you I don't I don't actually write in Spanish funny enough it comes out in English either way we love it (laughs) it's just oh anyway i would like to thank our guest poet megan riddle for taking the time to be here today you can find megan's poem in baby journal and the video on her social media and all of her wonderful work it's on her website 
you have been listening to Pandemic Poetry. My name is Sylvia Canton Rondoni, and I have been your host at Woroni Radio Station. Tune in next week to discover new poetry and poets for your new normal.